Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Good morning. You guys may have a seat. Uh, Well, welcome. Um, As you have already heard, today is our student takeover. Um, And I'll, I'll tell you what. At camp a couple weeks ago, I was around, I think there was, I think they said there was 775 students registered for this camp. And I tell you what, I say this a lot, but I think I have the best students around. I'd put them up against any one of those other 700 students. So give them a round of, give them a round of applause because they have done an amazing job this, today. So today's going to be awesome. We're going to get to, God did amazing things in our students' lives. Um, He worked through them. Um, Several of them actually accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, which is just so awesome. It's just, that's something to celebrate right there. And you've already heard um, a couple of their testimonies, even just through the video. Um, For whatever reason, a lot of them just didn't want to do them live. I don't know about that. But um, we do have several um, throughout the rest of the service that you're going to get to hear from um, live today as well. Um, so we're going to start today, and my, one of my goals for today is, is to kind of convey to you guys and to show you guys a little bit of like, where our students are at now. Um, we've come back from camp. Um, it was, what, two weeks ago um, we got back from camp, and um, we want to share with you guys a little bit of what we learned at camp. That way you understand where our students are at, because even though, even though camp in and of itself is kind of geared towards students, the Word of God is still taught. And that Word of God is still alive and active in Calvary Baptist Church in Taylorville, Illinois, seven hours away from where camp took place. So I know that this stuff um, that our students learned at camp, that our students um, learned about their self at camp, learned about God at camp, applies to our lives as adults and our lives as a community here in Calvary as well. So um, that's just kind of what we're going to be talking about. And um, the the main theme of our camp this year was actually identity. Um, finding out who you are, who your identity is in, and um, obviously we know our identity is found through Christ Jesus. So that's kind of what we talked about today, or we're going to be looking at a little bit today. But if you guys will pray with me, just real quick, I want to pray before we get started and kind of get moving. Um, It kind of helps just calm all the nerves. So Lord God, I just thank you for today. God, I thank you for the students who have been so willing um, to step up, to lead us into worship, to greet at the doors, to be a part of Calvary Baptist Church, um, and to be a part of our community. Lord God, I just ask that you speak through me. Give me the words to say, that it's not me saying them, but they are your words, God, and they're um, from your living word, God. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for today. We're going to start out today looking at a story um, in the book of Judges. And this story for me um, has been kind of crazy. Um, so over the last probably two months, and I don't know the full reason for this yet, and I'm sure God's still working on me. I'm just a little bit too thick-headed to fully see where he's taken me yet. Um, but the story in, in Judges, it's about Gideon. And this, this is a story I, I read quite often throughout my life because I do relate to Gideon and kind of what he went through. And I, I know there's probably a lot of us in here that if you've read this story, you'll say, yeah, I relate to Gideon. And then after I read the story here in a minute, you'll be like, oh yeah, I could see that. But the thing is, for whatever reason, this, this thing has been, this message, this passage of scripture has been popping up into my life um, over the course of, I, I mean, I've done some studies on it. I walked through um, with one of our college students, walked through the study with it, and then we show up to camp the very first night, and um, Lonnie Learman, our, our speaker for the week, says, all right, 
let's turn to Judges 6. And I said, God, what are you doing to me? So there is a lot of stuff in here that you're going um, to learn about me today a little bit. But also, this is stuff that our students have learned as well and kind of grown from and realized who they are in Christ as well. So we're going to start in, um, in Judges 6. We're going to read through 11 and 16. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. Then belong, that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Ammonites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You see, this is what's cool. If we've accepted that gift of salvation, the gift that God gives us through his son Jesus Christ, we are mighty warriors. He has called us to that. Our identities can be found in God and can be found through Jesus, not what the world thinks. And that's what... um, the, the, this is, that's kind of where I'm at a little bit. Like, I don't think sometimes I'm a mighty warrior in God's kingdom. I struggle with that a little bit, just like Gideon does. And you'll see that here in a minute because he starts to make excuses. But you see, he has called us. And if we keep reading in verse 13, it says, Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Do the, um, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the land, or into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Mennonites, leaving none alive. You see, Gideon was looking at himself the way the world saw him, the way that his community saw him. That's the identity he put on himself. He said, there's no way I could be a mighty warrior for you, God. There's no way I can do that. My clan is the weakest and much more than that, I'm the weakest of my clan. Like, that's where he was at. He, he, he was taking his identity from, the, from what the world told him and then what the world showed him around him. It was about who he was. And he's like, God, I can't do this. There's no way. And you see, sometimes, sometimes I find myself in that. And the way Gideon looked at that and told God, he's like, there's, there's no way I can do this. I'm not qualified for that. I'm the weakest. There's no way I'm qualified to lead an army. There's no way I can do this. But this is, this is kind of, for me, this is where it gets personal. And I, I think a lot of us can probably see this. But there is a lot of times in my life, and this is something that God's been working on with me for a while, and probably until I completely figure it out, I don't know. I'll probably continue to work on this. But there is times in my life I don't feel qualified. And I would bet that if I asked for a show of hands and if you were in our student ministry, I'd make you all raise your hand. But there's times in all of our lives that we probably don't feel qualified to do what God's calling us to do. I look at myself and I see myself as a 30-something-year-old um, committing to going into full-time ministry, not knowing what that's going to look like. That's scary. But it's about answering the call that God puts on your heart. 
no matter what that calling might be, no matter, no matter how old you are, if you are living and breathing, God has a calling for you. It starts with that personal relationship with God. It starts with that finding your identity in Jesus Christ. You see, I, am, I, I find myself, I'm not the greatest reader. I stumble over my words. I have dyslexia, so sometimes I have a hard time reading. I've read this, this passage of Scripture probably over 100 times over the course of this last week, and I still stumble over my words. I don't spell well. I can't, sometimes I mess up how to spell. I'm horrible at it. These are things that I feel dequalify me from doing what God's called me to do. And I struggle with that sometimes. Just like Gideon, when God called him to be that mighty warrior, sometimes I have to remember that. I look at what the world standards are for me and to what the world standards are for doing what I'm doing right now. And I say, there's no way I'm qualified. God, what are you doing? And I have to remember, it's not the world that qualifies me. It's God that qualifies me. Yes, I can learn and I grow and stuff like that. But the thing is, when God calls you to something, he's the one qualifying you. He doesn't care whether or not the world sees you as the strongest clan and the strongest person in your clan to be that mighty warrior for your nation. Just like Gideon, he, he qualifies you because he calls you. He calls you by name. And so just like, just like that, I have, in my personal life, and I'm sure some of you guys, and I've talked to some of the students, they have to remember that if God's calling you to do something, it's because he's qualified you to do it. But what's more than that, um, he makes a couple statements in here. And they're awesome statements. He says, the first one, it says, am I not sending you? It's almost like a question, am I not sending you? God's asking me. And then, so sometimes when I'm struggling with what I'm doing and what I'm called to do, God, God gets a hold of my head and he says, am I not sending you? Have I not called you to this? Just like each and every one of us in here, we have been called to something. But much more than that, it's, it's, he says, am I not sending you? And then just a, couple, just a verse or so down, it says, I will be with you. So it's not, that, it's not just that he, is, he has called me to this and that he is sending me to this or, or you to your calling where God's calling you to be and saying, here you go. This is where I want you to go. Good luck. We'll see how it ends. And then he steps back and kind of waits to see what happens. No. God calls us, but then it says, I will be with you. He goes with us. But I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it. It starts with that personal relationship with God. If you're in here today and you have that personal relationship with God, he has called you to something. And you guys might be sitting in here thinking, well, that's, that, I, I, yeah, I can believe that, but I don't, I don't think God has a specific calling for me right now. Guess what? He does. If God has called, if, if you have accepted that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, you have a calling that you should be actively pursuing. If we look in Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the ends, to the very end of the age. Guys, if you've accepted that gift of salvation, your identity is in Jesus Christ. He's called you to something. 
at the very minimum, he has called you to go out and make disciples of all nations. Now for you, that might be your friends, that might be your family, that might be the neighbor across the street, that might be your coworker, that might be the person standing in front of you or behind you at the line at Walmart. But God has called you to share the word of Jesus Christ with those around us. And are you actively doing that? And that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And even, even in that command where he asks us to go out, you, you'll see he did not just say, um, therefore go make disciples of all nations and good luck. I hope it goes well. No, he got to the end of that and he says, I, and I surely am with you always. So even this calling that every single one of us, if you, are a, if you are saved by Jesus Christ, you have that personal relationship with God, you have this calling. It's the same as mine. It's to go and tell. But what's better than that is he tells you to go and tell, but he's going to be with you during that time. And I know it might be scary, and I know at times you might be thinking, there is no way I'm qualified to go share the gospel or to share a message or to share truth with somebody. But guess what? God has qualified you with that. He says, go and make disciples. You might not have all the right words to say. You might be like me and fumble over reading scripture. But guess what? God is with you always, even through that. At this time, I'm going to have a couple of our students uh, come up, and we're going to be able to hear um, a little bit of their testimony, even kind of relating to this whole, whole idea that we've been talking about this morning. So if you, guys, if you girls will come head on, your, head on up. And we're going to get to hear from them. Um, the first one we're going to hear from is um, Madison, and then we'll get to hear from Carly. So if you guys will just listen to them. I'm Madison, and this would be my fourth summer camp that I've gone to. By far, I've definitely learned the most from this summer camp. The very first night, we talked about not letting your mindset get in the way of God's plan for you. Uh, we talked about the story of Gideon, actually. God came to him, wanted to go and be a leader, and he was like, nope, you've got the wrong person. He made up all the excuses, but in the end, he did what God wanted, and he won the uh, battle that went on. Um, God knows what he's doing. It may be scary at some times, but you have people with you on your journey with Christ always, which is also something else I learned, that you aren't alone in your journey with Christ, and someone's always probably going through the same thing that you're going through, and uh, you're never alone. And that's what I learned. Good morning. I'm Carly. Um, this summer was the first church camp I had gone to, and it really moved me because I realized the power of the Lord and how much he does for us. There have been times where my family wouldn't go to church for months, but recently we've been going every single week, and I've been going to almost every single youth group. By going every single week, I've become very close to Jesus, and I felt a strong relationship with him. I went with the church to camp this summer, and that first night, I had a dream that I was talking to God about getting saved, and he told me to do it. So all day the next day, I was thinking about how to tell Callie that I wanted to be saved and making sure that's what I wanted. I thought about it, and the message that the speaker told us really convinced me to do it. Then during Connect Time, which was a time with our church alone, we had an, a time of individual prayer. So I prayed to God that he would lead me to... Um, 
he would leave me to get saved. That night, we were getting ready for bed, and I asked Callie if we could talk outside, so I told her I wanted to be saved and why. We talked, and then I got saved. I called my parents and told them, and then went inside and told everyone else. But one person made me realize that I made a great decision. Jaden Hopkins had told me that while we had our individual prayer time, she had started to pray for leadership, but then changed her mind and decided she wanted someone to follow Jesus and accept him into their life. So that night when I told her, she broke down and hugged me and told me about her prayer. The next day I felt happy, relieved, stress-free, and like all the weight on my shoulders was taken off. Good job. Man, that, that, one of the things I love about camp is that you get to take students out of their atmosphere for a week. I think sometimes as adults, I wish they had camps for us that we could go to for a week. And, and you know, we can turn off our cell phones because guess what? I, I made them all turn in their cell phones. And I think that there's not a single one of them that would really complain about that by the end of camp if you asked them to be honest. But it's just, it's just a really great time to be able to... We didn't do or learn or, you know, hear anything at camp differently than we could have heard it here, the way that you guys are hearing it here today. But the thing about camp is it's distraction-free, focused time on learning and growing. And that's the difference is sometimes we have to make sure we're getting um, kind of some of that junk out of our lives where we can focus on God, um, kind of like what Madison was saying, is just making that um, a part of our life. So as we, continued, um, as we continued to go through the week, we had um, a couple challenges. There was actually several challenges, but I wanted to focus on a couple this morning. And that first challenge, um, or the, it's, it's more of a question right now, is will you, um, is are you all in for Jesus? And you might be sitting here thinking, well, yeah, I'm all in for Jesus. I've, you know, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm all in. But are you? That's the question. Are you all in for Jesus? If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have a mission now. Just like it says in Matthew, we're to go tell people about God now. To, you know, to continue to go out. Being all in for Jesus doesn't mean coming to church on a Sunday morning. And once you leave, you get back in the car, you kind of check that box off and you're done for the week. And you go, about, you know, you go back home and you go about your week like you know, nothing's happened. You go back to your job, you go back to, you know, your family, and, you know, by Tuesday, you've completely forgot what the message was about, and you don't even know where your notes were. That's not being all in for Jesus. And I know for some of us, that might be hard to hear, but, it's, you know, even for students, coming to, to, coming to youth group on a Sunday night, once a week, and then, you know, going the rest of the week, hanging out with your friends, you know, family, maybe, you know, during school, you go, you go back to school and nobody even knows you went to church. That's not being all in for Jesus. So my question is, will you, will you be all in for Jesus? We're going to look at what that kind of looks like here. And it, um, we're going to look at Luke 15, um, 3 through 7, because this is what we're called to do. This is where Jesus is kind of talking to some people. He's sharing some uh, parables and it says, Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. 
doesn't he leave the 99 in, in the open country and go after the lost sheep until it is found? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You see, being all in for Jesus is going to take work. It's going to take each and every one of us doing what God's called us to do, and that's going out and telling, going out and searching for that lost sheep. He didn't just go out and, and hope, he, you know, he didn't just like, oh, I got, you know, I got a sheep lost, I'm just going to walk home and hopefully I'll run across it. And then if, it, if, if, if I find it, maybe I'll, I'll bring him along. And that wasn't his mindset. His mindset was, I have got to go find this. I have got to go search. So being all in for Jesus isn't just about going about your everyday life, pretending everything is fine, and not paying attention to the people around you. It's about seeing the way, seeing people the way that God sees people, about pursuing people, pursuing the lost. And then it's also about celebrating when the lost come home. We, have, we had six or seven students this year at camp confess and, and ask Jesus to come into their life. Like, that is something to celebrate. That's, that's six, more, six more people, seven more people that will be with us for eternity in, in Christ's arms. Guys, being all in for Jesus takes work. And it will guaranteedly put you out of your comfort zone. Just like the shepherd goes out and finds, he searches for his lost sheep. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be searching for the souls around us that are not, not uh, you know, that are lost. I would bet that, and I won't make you do it, but I made all the students do this at camp. I made them pull out a piece of paper, and I made them write down the name of two people. It was one or two, I can't remember now. That's a long time ago. It was one? One person. All right, they corrected me. I made them get out a piece of paper and write down the name of one person on it that they know that they need to be praying for and actively pursuing because they don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I would guarantee you that if I gave a piece of paper to you and I asked you to write one name down, one name down, you could come up with somebody. Guess what? That's where it starts. Start praying for that person. Start pursuing that lost sheep. That's what it looks like to be all in for Jesus. It's not just checking off the church checklist on Sunday morning and then going about the rest of your week like church only happens once a week. We're called to go and make disciples of all nations. So pursue that. And then if we continue on, one of the, one of the next challenges and one of the next questions that they asked us at camp was, will you stand in the gap? for those people around you. And if we look in Luke 16, 19 through 27, it says, there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in a luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and, uh, and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked the sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. 
in Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to them, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your life you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and, in, and you are in agony. Verse 26, it says, And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered then, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. We are called to tell, so will you go tell? That's just a small look. There's other parts of Scripture you can find. That's a small look at what it's like for a lost soul. There comes a time where it is too late. But we're here. We're called to go and tell. We're called to be all in for Jesus, to pursue those people around us. During, the, uh, during camp, Lonnie shared a, a story about his life and the opportunity he had to witness one of his friends that he never took. And before he could actually witness that friend, he passed away. That sticks with Lonnie. There's been opportunities in my life where God said, hey, go talk to that person or this person. And for whatever reason, probably going back to the beginning where I, I didn't feel qualified to do what I'm called to do. And if I was looking at my identity as the world saw me and not as the way God saw me. And I didn't take those opportunities. Now my prayer is that those opportunities were met by somebody else. The fact is we don't know. If God is calling you to, to, to talk to somebody, take that opportunity. Be all in for Jesus. If you've got friends and you've got family that you care about, this should be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Any chance you get is to share the truth and love of Jesus Christ with those around us. Ezekiel 22.30 or 22.30 says, I looked for someone among them who will build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. Guys, will you be willing to stand in the gap for your family, for your friends, for your neighbor, for the world? Will you intercede on their behalf? Will you search for them? Will you stand in the gap for the lost people around you? Because that's what it looks like to be all in for Jesus. And that's my challenge to you. The realization is this. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I tell my students this often. I tell them this because I'm not trying to scare them, but I want them to know the reality. You know, as many of you guys know, I have a, I have a very, very um, strenuous commute to work every day. Um, and if you didn't know, I just live across the parking lot. Um, I mean, there's actually a house there. It's not just like a hovel or something. Um, so I have a, I, but the thing is, even though I live and I work less than 500 feet I'm not guaranteed to make it across the parking lot this afternoon. Only God knows when that time has come. But I have to make sure that I am all in for Jesus, that I'm standing in the gap for the people around me. 
And if you have friends and if you have family and neighbors that you know do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, guys, will you stand in the gap for them? Just like you, they're not guaranteed tomorrow, but they don't have the hope that we have as well through Christ Jesus. So will you guys stand in the gap? And remember that even when, when, God, when you're out there doing what God's asked you to do and God's sending you, and it's scary, remember God has qualified you, but God's not gonna send you alone. He will be there with you always. I wanna take this opportunity and I'm gonna invite, um, I'm gonna invite a couple more students up and you're gonna get to hear their testimony about how, um, about how God's worked through their life. So I'm gonna have Izzy and Tate Wagner head on up here and they're gonna give their testimony. Um, it's a little bit of a, a different type of testimony. It's not a salvation testimony, but it, it's how God's working through their life and what they need to do and where they find their identity. So they're on their way up and we're gonna hear um, from them and then we'll continue on. So we're gonna have Tate go first. So here you are, my sister. Um, I'm Tate, uh, and this was my seventh year uh, and final year at church camp. Um, and so I recently graduated from Taylorville High School and started a part-time job uh, in town about two months ago. Um, and so when I graduated, um, I always thought growing up and going through high school, I always thought college was just one of those things, you know, everyone goes and you go and then you get a job right out and whatnot. And uh, right before I graduated, kind of into that in this summer, I've kind of realized I really don't know what I want to do, like where I want to go, what I want to do, what I want to major in for college. And I don't want to know what I want to do for that. Um, and so that started putting a lot of stress and anxiety on myself. Um, and I've been dealing with that um, about since I graduated and I'm still dealing with it. Um, but one thing that uh, our speaker, Larnie, was talking about while we were there was uh, just being there and being available for God to do whatever you want. And so that's really been my prayer since then. It's just, God, I'm here. Do whatever you want with me. Um, and it really just helps lift some weight off your shoulders. Um, and I've started trying to do that, you know, big things like going to college, future plans, um, but also about all the little things, you know, day-to-day -day things here and there. It Just to get in practice, and it helps so much. Uh, it really takes the stress off. Um, and it's just... It's really refreshing to just, you know, have help God take those cares off of you. Um, and so I urge you guys, if you, you do the same thing for all those things in your life. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Izzy, and I'm going to be a senior this year um, in high school. And camp was one of the best weeks of my life. It's my second year going, and I had so much fun. It was so cool being around people that love and trust and know God just like you, and to be able to share those things with everybody, and just to, just the feeling of being around all those people was amazing. Caden um, and I were in line for a zip lining one day, and we were talking to one of the engaged staff members, and just making small talk, and one of the things she said, I just keep thinking about, and she said that camp was almost like a small glimpse into heaven which is just amazing to think about. And just it was just an awesome place to be, and everybody was lifting each other up. And one thing that Lonnie said, he said so many amazing things, so many things that stuck with me, but one thing that really stood out was, in order to listen to God, you have to get all the junk out of your mind and life. And as teenagers, and adults as well, we have a lot of junk in our life. 
social media, always telling us this and that, distracting us from our everyday things, like spending time with family and friends, people telling you what you need to look like, what you need to do, what you need to be doing. But God is the only one we should be listening to. We need to find identity in Christ and not the junk. And so since that had been on my, on my mind all week that week, I, uh, we were having a worship time one night, and I just kept thinking about it, and God was really pulling on my heart to go with pray, pray with someone. So I pulled Jennifer aside, and I was like, Jennifer, I want to surrender my life to God and to whatever he has for my, pl- for my plans for my future. So we prayed, and I'm not really sure what that looks like yet, but I'm really excited to see that. Another thing that um, happened was I made closer friends with a lot of girls in our youth group. I got to stand by their side, hold their hand, and be there for them. I got to watch God move through them in a time where they were deciding to give their life to Christ. And it was just the most amazing, amazing experience. So I can't wait to go back next year, and thank you. That's part of what it looks like to be all in for God. Not necessarily knowing exactly where God's taking you, but saying, God, I'm here. Take me and do with me as you wish. Guide me. And as scary as that might be to actually pray those words and to say those words, we, we can remember that God is, God is going with us. Whatever God calls Izzy to do, whatever God calls you guys to do, he's going with you. It's not that he's just calling you and sending you and saying, good luck. So that's, that's kind of some of my, my challenges to you is, will you be all in? And will you guys stand in the gap? And I know this has been pretty cool and, um, you know, talking to students about what they learned at camp and um, where God has them and um, even just listening to maybe some of what we've shared at camp. But I want you guys, um, we had the opportunity to take um, an extra counselor to camp with us because we had a lot of girls going, we needed some help. So we asked Jennifer um, Heitzman if she'd be willing to go with us. And I asked her if she would be willing to give um, kind of a testimony about camp, but from adults' perspective. Because, like I said, camp and what's taught there isn't just, for, isn't just for students. It's for adults as well. So if you guys will watch the screen and listen to what Jennifer has to say. When I submitted my week of vacation to get approved, I didn't realize it was the same week of camp. When my original plans for the week got postponed, my yes to camp became very clear. I had no idea how God was already orchestrating a plan, how fitting it was that we got to represent the 70s. I mean, I am vintage 1971, so it was perfect. This week, um, the messages were about identity and purpose. God used gentle reminders throughout the week to show me he still had a purpose for me and has been planning it all along. I attended the same camp with this church in 2007. It was a good, it was a good camp. We had great speakers um, and we were challenged with the message about being a revolution. But this, was, this time was different. Since the camp in 2007, God and I have been on a journey Over the past several years, I've prayed for a word for God to use throughout the year to learn more about Him. And that journey brought me through the following words, trust, follow, deeper, living hope, remembrance, freedom, and repentance. Each of these words, God reminded me this week to encourage and share. 
walking alongside and being available for these young ladies and young men. It was those special God winks throughout the week that he showed me that he's got me and he's got a plan. Most importantly, he's not done with me yet. He has made me an encourager and burdens my heart for so many women to believe that God has made them as beautiful creations. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 says, Blessed be the God, our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, and according to his riches of his grace, which lavish on us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth, in him have obtained an inheritance, having predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things to his counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might to the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantor of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Christ is the key. God's plan is for me to know and follow him and be filled in the spirit. Everything else is secondary and temporary. This week I got to lay down the temporary and the secondary in my life. Ephesians 1.18 says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches and the glorious inheritance of the saints and which is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the works of his great might. God used the word remembrance to remind me of a very hard time as a young teenager. I was able to walk alongside a young lady this week and to be able to understand what she was struggling with. Another young lady grew up in a similar experience to mine in another church. In one night, both of them accepted Christ as their savior. Another word that God used was trust. I was able to encourage a young lady with her future. I literally could go on and on. The pictures look like a lot of fun, singing, dancing. I did pick up some new moves, uh, swimming, zip lining. All these activities served a purpose to let the kids know that I was a safe place. Ephesians 2, 7 says, so that, that in the coming ages, he might show immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I got to see firsthand, Josh and Callie handled difficult situations with love and grace. I got to see Maddie and Garrett loving on your kids. Michaela Feast using the gifts that God gave her to encourage a generation. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, God gave us Lonnie as a speaker. His genuine love greatly impacted Lauren and I's life when he was here for just one short year. 
God used him again this week to reunite a fire in my soul. My challenge is to you is this, don't quit. Don't give up. God has a purpose for each of us. Ask yourself the same questions that Lonnie asked us this week. Am I listening? Am I in? Will I go? Will I stand in the gap? Our walk with the Lord is not meant to be kept to ourselves. Ezekiel 22:30 says, I looked for someone among them who would build up a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have destroyed it, but I found no one. Look around you. Where do you see the gaps that you need to step into? This generation, this, gener- this church, this community, your family and friends, they need you to step up and do what God's called you to do. I will forever be grateful for this week at camp. Thank you, Josh and Callie. That's kind of what it looks like to, as an adult's perspective. So even leading from that, there's a couple challenges that I had. You can actually mark those on the connection card as the next step. And we'd love to pray for you if that's something that you want to commit to do. And that's, will you be all in for Jesus? And will you stand in the gap? Because you don't have to go to summer camp to stand in the gap for students around you, friends or neighbors. You can do that from home. You can do that from here. You can do that from church, from your community. So will you be all in for Jesus? And will you stand in the gap? Let's pray. Lord God, I just want to thank you. God, I thank you for the willingness of our students to be, to, to be bold and to share their testimonies, Lord, to share what you're doing in their life, God. Thank you for their boldness to, and, uh, to stand up here and lead us in worship, God. Thank you for the, uh, the, the, the fact that you're the one that qualifies me, not the world, and that I, I can find my identity in you, Lord. Lord God, I pray that um, for every believer in here today that they realize that they need to be all in for Jesus and what that looks like and help them to see those people around them that they need to be able able to stand in the gap for. But Lord God, I also pray that if there's anybody um, in here or the sound of my voice that does not know you, Lord, that does not have that personal relationship with you, that that they will pursue you, God, that they will reach out. I'd love to talk to you. Lord, I just pray that as we continue to go out into our communities, that you will help us to see people the way that you see them and to be willing to stand in the gap for them. I just want you guys to take a couple of minutes and to think about that. Think about the people in your life that you need to be standing in the gap for. Think about what that looks like in your life and ask God to show you what it looks like to be all in for him. Just take a couple minutes and pray and ask God to kind of show you about that.